Hi, good morning. Who here likes candy cane? Yeah, me too. It's one of the favorite treat for Christmas, right? So, I've heard several stories about candy cane. I'm not sure if they are true, but I think candy cane can teach us a few things about tr the true meaning of Christmas. First of all, let's look at the candy cane like this. Oh, wait, sorry. This way. It looks like, what does it look like? Shepherd's crook, right, or shepherd's staff. This is a reminder that the good news of Jesus' birth first came to the shepherds who were tending their sheep out in the fields. And these shepherds were not the richest or best dressed or most liked people in town. In fact, they were considered some of the lowliest people. But isn't it interesting that God visited them first with this great news? So when you see a candy cane, or eat a candy cane, you can remember that God comes to even the lowliest people, no matter who you are. Now, how about if we turn it around like this? What does it look like? Yes, the letter J, yes. Um, Jesus' name starts with the letter J. So candy canes can remind us that Jesus is the reason for all of our celebrations at Christmas. Now it's easy to get caught up with all the gifts and the presents, music and decoration, but Jesus should be the center of Christmas. To many people, candy cane may seem meaningless decoration or maybe just a piece of candy that you can be eaten or enjoyed. But I hope this year, when you see a candy cane, you will be reminded of the true meaning of Christmas and how much Jesus loves you no matter who we are. Now, I need a little help. So, all the river kids, if you can come over here, we have some candy cane right there in the basket. And right here, make sure each of you get one. And I need your help to hang this candy cane on this tree over here so that everyone in our church can be reminded of these things too. Didn't they do a nice job decorating? Let's give them a hand clap. Very nice. Thank you, River Kids. I think maybe some of the youth were helping. I didn't quite catch, but. Or maybe they're sitting there eating the candy cane. Beautiful. Parents, there is a chance they're going to get sent home with a candy cane. Just giving a little warning. <laughs> Just so you know, as a parent, I need those warnings. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about, uh, before we sing again, the uh, Advent candles. Um, for who in this room, just, just impromptu, 
Have you not really experienced the Advent candles in worship before and whatever church experience or non-church experience you've been a part of? Is this a new experience? Yeah, a couple hands. Yeah, another one over here. So I think this is probably some of the most meaningful symbols to me during Advent um, for many reasons. And maybe one of them is just because I love candles. I think there's something spiritual about fire. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, don't tell my kids that. <laughs> they will very much lean into that, I'm sure. But who can tell me what the first candle we lit last week? Did anybody remember? This is, this is a test. You didn't know, but every single week you will be graded and tested on this. <laughs> anybody know what this first candle was? This was our hope candle, the one that's lit, that we lit last Sunday. And uh, the colors themselves have symbolic meaning. So that we have three purple candles, and this uh, reminds us that Christ came from the royal lineage of David, according to Scripture, purple being the symbolic color of royalty. And there's the uh, couple of other candles of the five are colored differently, which I'll explain in a moment. But uh, So we lit the first candle of hope, which is a gift that Christ can bring to us and continues to bring to us each and every moment, each and every year. The second candle is the candle of peace just to the right of that from your perspective. And uh, this reminds us that Christ wants to be our peace, wants to continue bringing peace into the world through us and even in us. And then the third candle, which is colored differently, um, is a pink candle for us. I believe so. Isn't that right? Pink. Just as I said that, I'm colorblind. I'm like, I think it's the pink one. Um, but yes, it is pink for us. And it's the candle of joy. And uh, I always found that interesting that it's just an odd third candle that's different colored. But it really signifies that in our season of waiting, which is really a metaphor of all of life, that our waiting is more than halfway over. It is a reason for joy that we uh, can see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And our season of waiting is shorter than when it first began. And that should lead us to a greater sense of anticipation and always this deep sense of joy that is different than happiness. And I think we all know the difference between the two. And then the final Sunday, which is the, the fourth uh, candle and the third of our purple candles, is traditionally known as the love candle. And we focus on Christ bringing um, uh, or making known God's love in a special way showing us the extent of that love through Christ's ministry and life and ultimately death in this world. Uh, so then the fifth candle, obviously, maybe not obviously, but is the Christ candle. It's the one that's separated. And that one is actually typically lit during Christmas Eve or Christmas Day even. Um, but you may not know, but this year we are not meeting on Sunday, December 25th. So on December 18th, we're going to actually light not only the love candle, but also the Christ candle. And that's just a little plug for, for you to uh, be a part of that service, which will feature our children giving a special presentation as well. That'll be a very special morning. So that's a little bit about the Advent candles, all five of them. And this morning, I'm going, uh, or we're going to, Taylor's going to light the second candle, the candle of peace. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, 
and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And John 14, 27 uh, says this from the words of Christ. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So our word peace actually comes from the Hebrew word shalom, which means many things, but it can mean harmony and wholeness and completeness and prosperity and tranquility. And God desires that all of creation experience this shalom which Christ brought to our world. It is a return in that way to a Christ-centered wholeness. And it's more than just the ending of all war. See, Christ, uh, through God through Christ wants to bring not just peace within our world, but peace within our souls as well, that deep abiding sense of peace in our hearts. And so my prayer this morning for all of us is that we would experience that liberation of Christ's peace, even this morning, even if it may not be complete peace. Uh, may there be a calling to deeper peace in this service this morning. Thank you, Taylor, for lighting. Let's stand as we sing a carol that helps us reflect on these things. Tidings. 
All those things in mind, um, let's turn our hearts to prayer as we watch this video. Light from darkness, creation from chaos, life from death, joy from sorrow, hope from despair. Peace from hate. All this transformation flowing from your word made flesh. All gifts of your creative prose. All gifts of your inventive yet too long neglected poetry. We give thanks for your artistry, your poetic speech that moves the cosmos, shapes our lives, challenges evil unsettles idolatry, undermines violence, destabilizes the arrogant, subverts those who presume that they may seize unbridled power. We revere the wisdom of your word that heals the wounded, finds the lost, transforms the world. Train our speech this advent according to the grammar of your sacredness for our world has learned to weaponize its words, and we, your followers, have too often followed suit. We do not ask forgiveness, for we do not want to pass. We don't want to be forgiven and forget the harm we've done. No, dear God, what we want is to be changed. Instead of mercy, give us, instead, Courage, mixed with humility, charity, mixed with passion, compassion joined to discernment, and creativity so that we can learn to speak again in ways consistent with the way you spoke through Jesus, and act in accordance with the way you work in Christ. Turn us from the ways our words are too often weapons that dehumanize marginalize and minimize and even terrorize the word you are making flesh each and every day in each and every one of us in whom the glory and goodness of your holiness is being manifest today
Amen. Beautiful Advent prayer. Most of our decorations you see here and many that you have in your own home, they come really from European traditions. But there is one very colorful plant that is in this room, which looks like a flaming star, which we call the poinsettia, actually is native to Mexico where they grow wild. So the, these are these plants here. You can't really miss them. Yeah, beautiful plants. Uh, the legend has it, whether or not it's true, it's the legend that uh, goes back many centuries, is that on a Christmas Eve in Mexico, a little girl named Pepita had no gift to present to the Christ child. And her cousin Pedro urged her to give a humble gift. So on her way, she gathered some weeds that she found along the, si the side of the road. And as she approached the altar, she was quite amazed. The weeds blossomed into brilliant flowers, kind of like you see here, this rich red. And they were called then the Flores de Noche Buena, flowers of the holy night. And today we call them poinsettias. You may call them poinsettias. That's actually both correct. So all of you poinsettia people out there, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk against you. It's just how I say it. But it's kind of this mini uh, pointed star-like plant that um, obviously can draw us to think about the star of Bethlehem. And I thought about the words of the Old Testament prophetic vision from Numbers 24 this week. I see him now. I see him, but not now. I look at him, but not near. A star shall appear from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel. A prophetic um, word, a promise. And we know that that star did rise, that, that scepter did rise out of Israel and Jesus Christ. And we can think about, even as we sing in just a moment, we're going to sing about the name of Jesus. We could think about that, that hope and that peace of Christ that wants to come to us. What can that look like? Can we envision a new way that, that that shows up in our world, that shows up even in ourselves? All right, lots to think about, including this beautiful prayer we heard just a moment ago. Let's stand as we sing and continue to reflect on these things. Humbly to the earth you came, born into this world to save. And God with us, Emmanuel, now we adore your name. Sing his name. Your name. Is a strong and mighty power. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nations sing it louder. Cause nothing has the power to save but your name. Let's pray in that name. Jesus, in your name we pray. Jesus, in your name we pray. 
come and fill our hearts today lord give us strength to live for you and glorify your name your name is a strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing louder for nothing has the power to save your name your name is a strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nations sing it louder for nothing has the power to save your name God with us Emmanuel sing this with me it goes like this God with us Emmanuel God with us Emmanuel God with us, Emmanuel, now we adore your name. Amen. Probably the most universal feature, I'm actually going to have you seated for a moment. I know it's a little bit of up and down this morning, but you will feel more comfortable not standing when you don't need to stand. The most universal feature of Christmas is probably the evergreens. So we've kind of got some lined up here on our uh, banister. I know they're all over your houses, all over your porches, if you have them. Um, but the ancient Romans uh, used the evergreens as an emblem of peace and joy, and sometimes victory. Uh, the early Christians placed them in their windows, actually, as a sign that Christ had entered the home. The holly and the ivy, the pine, the fir, all of these are called evergreens because they never change color. And they're evergreen, ever alive, even in the midst of the harsh winter. I find that very fascinating. Isaiah 60, 13 says, The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together, to beautify the place of your sanctuary. And so these evergreens make our worship space beautiful, hanging here also in our windows, lining our steps. And they remind us of the unending, never-changing love of God. And they also can point us to the never-fading promise of abundant life that Christ desires to bring even in ourselves. Our ancestors called the gathering and placement of these evergreens bringing home Christmas. I thought that was beautiful, just looking back at the history of these. Uh, so in a moment, um, Lucius and I are going to play a carol that you might recognize. It's called The Holly and the Ivy, just to draw our attention to the beauty of these evergreens, the symbolism of the never-changing, unfading promise of God and God's love to us. So this is The Holly and the Ivy.
Let's pray together. God of the incarnation of Christ who became the word among us, we understand that this season can be difficult for so many people for many reasons. And all this time of year is not always calm and bright. So may you bring rest for your weary ones and soothe the suffering, comfort the troubled, and be light for those who are surrounded by darkness. You showed us how Christ can be born into our earthly circumstances, and we ask that you be born again. Keep us open to the ways in which you want to show up. Keep us ready for the ways that you want to use us to help the word to become flesh? Is there a relationship that needs mending? A timely healing word that might otherwise go unsaid? Maybe a voice unheard that we can speak on behalf of? Is there a stranger that just needs the warmth of our presence and attention? Lead us to a deeper understanding of community this season. Holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Amen. Hear these words from John chapter 1, probably my favorite chapter in the Bible. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and in his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The last symbol I wanted to highlight this morning is the symbol of light and some of our lights are already on here in this platform. But long before the observance of Advent and our symbols of Christmas came to be, Christ was called the light of the world. The book of John that we just wrote or read a moment ago says that he is the true light who gives light to everyone. And it is no wonder then that light is such an important part of our seasonal celebrations. The Advent candles here that we have lit at the front of the platform, the string of lights that are highlighting our evergreens, the lights that are on our winter trees. And in just a few moments during the singing of this next song, we're going to turn on these lights that we haven't had on since last Advent. These beautiful lights that show up to remind us that Christ comes to light up our world. Christ continues to come as light in our darkness, as healing in our brokenness, to warm the heavy-hearted by the light of a promise that God is with you, that God sees you, and that Christ came to show just how much God loves you. Can we say amen to that? Amen. To me, that's why they call it the good news. That's the truth. That's what we can take forward with us. That's what the world needs to hear, not condemnation. Not shame, not guilt, not fear, but this good news that God sees us and loves us. That's the reason why we sing. Let's stand as we sing this morning.